uh, part two, do you feel distant from God? Do you feel far from Him? This is one of the biggest issues that Christians have, is God feels so far sometimes. And when He feels far, what ends up happening is that you just end up praying less because He feels so far. And then about that time when God feels far, the father of lies, Satan, starts whispering in your ear. And he starts saying things like, don't even bother praying. You've missed so much church. You haven't been to church in so long. Don't even bother praying. Or, You've got so many sins that you're, that you did last night. Don't even, was I talking to you? (laughs) That's all right. We're all there. It's okay. We usually just sit on our hands, but, but Satan will say, you've committed so many sins. Don't even worry about praying. Because you've sinned so much. Here's another lie that Satan will say. You've prayed before. God didn't answer the prayer the way you wanted it to. So why even pray? So these are all thoughts that the enemy shoots like a bow and arrow into your mind. And you know when it's the enemy. You know when Satan is talking to you because of how you feel. If you have that thought and, and all of a sudden you feel yourself get down or discouraged or depressed, like, yeah, I haven't been to church in so long. You start feeling that. You start hearing those thoughts. You start feeling it. That's an indication that those thoughts are straight from the pit of hell. Let me illustrate it. Uh, there's a, a preacher. He's not alive anymore. He's been dead for over 100 years. Um, his name is Charles Spurgeon. And, and people call him the prince of preachers because he was a phenomenal preacher. If he was a preacher here in the woodlands, you wouldn't come to this church because he was so good. You'd want to hear what, but you know what? That's cool because I would be there too. <laughs> He's that good. Uh, and, but he had these thoughts that we're talking about, that these discouraging thoughts. And one time he, he, the thoughts got so bad that he began to wonder if he was even going to be able to go to heaven. It's like, I'm having all these thoughts. I think I'm going to go to hell. And so he went to go talk to his grandfather. When he went up to his grandfather, now, if he lived in the South, he would have walked up to him and said, Papa. But he lived in England, so he probably said, Grandfather. Um, How many of you call your grandfather Papa? How many call him... uh, Tell the person next to you what you call your grandfather. Go ahead. Somebody shout out what you call your grandfather. Granddad? Granddad? Granddaddy? Grandpa? Papa? See, I... I called, I, my, my mother is Brazilian, so we used to call my grandpa papai. What does that mean in Spanish? Anything? 
in Spanish, in, in Portuguese, it's, uh, it's, it's father. I always call him papai. What, does that mean anything in Spanish? You call, do you guys use that, do you guys use that term when calling your grandfather? You call, papa? No, now that's out of my league now. As soon as we start rolling R's, I'm out. Um, but he went up to his grandfather, and, and the grandfather said to him something that I'll never forget, and I, I believe that it'll resonate with you too. He looks at him, he says, do you like these thoughts that you're having? Are you taking pleasure in these thoughts? Because he was so discouraged, he was sound. he goes, are you taking pleasure, do you like these thoughts? And Charles Spurgeon said to his grandfather, he goes, no, I hate these thoughts. And this is exactly what he said back. He goes, have nothing to do with them as those thoughts are not your own. Those are the devil's thoughts. See, when you begin to think discouraging thoughts and, and all of a sudden it starts pulling you down, you have to know that is straight from the pit of hell. The voice of God is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, yes, he feels far, but what does he even sound like? And how do we pull ourselves closer to him? Now, last Sunday, I talked about the four things that I do personally to get myself feeling intimate with him again. But I don't want to re-preach that message. The first thing I want to say is do not let your mind become the devil's playground. See, Satan will come into your mind and fight for your thoughts. The, the reason why he's fighting is because God is also fighting for your thoughts. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says that, that he renews us, he changes us by the renewing of our mind. So he looks at you and he says, I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I've got a plan for you. And I'm going to change who you are by changing the way you think. Step one in changing you is changing the way you think. But hell comes along. Satan comes along and says, I'm going to keep you right here by influencing the way you think. So our mind is a battleground. And whichever thought you entertain the most, that spirit gets stronger. Let me see if I can illustrate it with a, um, a story that Billy Graham said. Some of you may have heard it. But Billy Graham told about an Eskimo that used to come to town with two dogs. One dog was black, one dog was white. And he'd show up in the middle of the town and he'd have them fight. And people would place bets on which dog was going to win. Sometimes the white dog would win. Sometimes the black dog would win. Some people lost. Some people won. But the Eskimo, he would also bet. And he never lost. He always won. He always picked the right dog. So someone came up to him and said, how in the world do you know which dog is going to win? He goes, I always know which dog is going to win. Before I ever even get here, I already know which dog is going to win. He goes, because the dog that I want to lose, I don't feed him all week long. The dog that I want to win, I feed him all week long. See, the, the thoughts you feed 
the thoughts you pay attention to, the thoughts you continually entertain, the spirit attached to those thoughts gets stronger and stronger and stronger in your life. So when you're laying down in your bed or you're driving in the car and you're entertaining a thought, you ask yourself, is this thought making me feel excited? Does it give me hope? Does it build my faith? If it is, that's God breathing into you. Keep on thinking about it. But if it's making you doubt, if it's making you get discouraged, if it's making you get depressed, then just know this, those are not your thoughts. Those are straight from the pit of hell. And you've got to throw those down. You, and you've got to remove and replace. Remove and replace. The best way to remove and replace is to get two or three scriptures. You don't have to memorize the whole Bible. Just get two or three. And it's, it's like you're packing. And when that moment comes, you pull out, you pull out that Glock and just start blowing away at that enemy. You don't fight against flesh and blood. You fight against principalities and spirits. And so you can't really shoot a devil. But you can pull out a spiritual sword and chop his head off. This is, this is a couple. Now, it's inside of your app, so you don't need to write it down if you've already opened up the Celebration Church app. My notes are in there. But here are a couple scriptures that I use whenever I'm praying or whenever I'm in the car. I'll say, especially if he feels far, I'll say Jeremiah 29, 13. It says that when, that when I seek you, when I search for you with all my heart, I will find you. And so I'll say that, God, I'm seeking you. God, I'm searching for you. I'm seeking you. And then I'll kind of pause and I kind of go over to this scripture right over here. And it's in um, John 4.26. It says that the Holy Spirit will teach me all things. And so I'll say, Holy Spirit, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Now, some of you might look at me and go, you're a pastor. You don't know how to pray. I want to make sure that I'm saying it exactly the way he wants to hear it. Then I'll go to my next scripture. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. It says that if I call out to you, you will hear me and you will tell me things that I don't know. I'm calling out to you. I'm calling out to you. I'm worshiping you. I'm praising you. And I'm not going to stop until I feel you leading me. Now, maybe I only pray five minutes, but the next day I'm going to be back at it again. And the next day I'm going to be back at it again. And the next day, I'm, and as you begin to quote those scriptures, here's another one. Proverbs 8, 17 it says that the Lord loves those who love him and those who seek him will find him. So we back up and say, God, I know you love me and I love you. I don't even know how to pray super good, but I'm praying right now. I love you. And what's happening is he's pulling you to himself and he's beginning to drop his thoughts and his desires right into your heart. That is how you make sure that your mind does not become the devil's playground. You make sure that you're putting the right things in there. You have to remove and replace. Remove and replace because you have to be thinking about something. Unless you're a man. Which 
when we say we're not thinking about anything, we're not. It's just blank up there. Like, have you ever had someone say, what are you thinking about, men? And you're like, nothing. And they're like, you're thinking about something. They're like, no, really. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm really not thinking about anything. There's nothing going on up here. And the women are like, you've got to be thinking about something. It's impossible. No, really. A little mouse just ran through on the other side. Like, trust me, there's nothing going on up there. Real quickly, how many people think the Patriots are going to win tonight? All right. How many people are begging God that the Rams will slaughter the... Yeah, I saw that coming. Point number two. Faith and feelings are not friends. Faith and feelings are not friends. You will feel like you're far from God, but your faith will tell you, no, you're close. Uh, When I was 16, I I had this experiment with the Lord. Every night I'd go to sleep and I'd I'd lay in my bed and I'd pray just for a few minutes. And then I'd like say, all right, God, speak to me. And I would just like try to listen the best I can. So night after night, that happened, night after night, night after night. And I always started noticing that when the thoughts started coming to my mind in rapid pace, it always started off with, I love you. And then all of a sudden, I'd have all these thoughts. And there were loving thoughts and encouraging thoughts. And I was just like, man, let God speak. And the the thoughts would continue as long as I would think about it and concentrate on it. And then... I thought to myself after a few weeks, I was like, God's not speaking to me. I'm just making this up. I'm just making this whole thing up. I mean, come on. God's not talking to me. He's just sitting there talking to me this whole time. Talk, 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 talk. This is not God. So I decided I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to say my prayer, roll over, go to sleep, wake up, flip my pillow over to the cool side and go back to sleep again. How many of you like the cool side of the pillow? Um... And so I was 16, I'm at church, I'm in the lobby, church is over, and I'm hanging out with my buddies, and I got one thing on my mind. What all 16-year-old boys have on their mind. Where's the ladies at? Ladies, I'm here. <laughs> ladies. Nobody ever came, it was crazy. But this, this one lady, but she was a real lady, like she was an adult lady. And uh, I'm like, you know, I was looking for like 16-year-olds without their parents around. That's the ladies I was looking for. This lady comes walking up to me. I knew she was in our church, single lady. I've never talked to her before. She's just like, she sits over there. She comes up to me and she goes, the Lord wants me to tell you that you are hearing him. Keep on listening. And walks off. I'm 16. I went, what? Now let me take another sidebar. She wasn't the pastor's wife. She wasn't on staff. She wasn't anybody's husband that was some great man of God. She was just a woman that had a close relationship with the Lord. And because her relationship with God was so close, she spoke on His behalf. If you're wondering what God wants to do with you in your life, I just gave you a little glimpse where he whispers something in your mind, he whispers it in your heart, and you walk, and all of a sudden, bang. 
then you go back on your business. That's the desire that God has for you. It wasn't the pastor's wife. It was just a lady in our church. But then at that moment, I realized that God was winning my mind for a while. And then all of a sudden, I had one thought. And I began to feed that other dog. And my whole relationship with God got put on hold in that particular area. I say that to say this. Point number two is your faith and your feelings are not friends. God is doing more in you than what you know. The Bible says that you're the apple of his eye, which means you are the center of his attention. Now, everybody take your hand and put it just like this. Everybody put your hand like this right in front of you, just like this. And I want you to move it. Now, if you're not participating, I'm going to bring you on the stage. No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. Put your hand right in front of you, and I want you to move it to where your thumb is pointing at you, okay? I want you to move it to the side and keep going all the way over here until you can't go anymore, but you can still see it without moving your nose. Right? And stop when you can still see it, but you can't go any further. Are you there? Right? You can see it? All right, first of all, just realize your eyes are stinking awesome. <laughs> right? That's pretty amazing. Like, you can see your hand, but you're looking over here. It's like, wow, I am a superhero. Okay? But watch this. You can put your hand down now. The apple of your eye means you can see this. You have two eyes, but you can only focus on one thing. Whatever you're focused on is the apple of your eye. God says this in His Scriptures, You are the apple of my eye. I see everything. But I don't ever take my eyes off of you. And so when He has that kind of a relationship with you, the only thing that He wants you to do is to trust your faith more than you trust your feelings. And His voice is the distant whisper. You have to lean into the distant whisper. It's distant. It's not in the fire, and it's not in the wind, and it's not Frankie. <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. It's the one you have to lean into. I had this moment where I was like, I think uh, I heard from God. And I texted somebody and I said, hey, is your wife pregnant? Because I felt like God told me his wife was pregnant. He texted me back and said, No like well now I know God doesn't sound like that you got to lean into that you find your way how many of you have ever missed God go ahead raise your hand if you've never missed God then you haven't taken any chances I woke up in the morning after sleeping one night obviously and I had this dream that the worship leader that um, I went to church at had a dream he was like going to strip clubs. I was like, what in the world? That was the craziest dream in the world. Oh my goodness. I was like, that was crazy, man. You ever have one of those dreams that are really real? It's like, dude, man, I had a dream you were in a strip club. He got fired two weeks later for being in a strip club. What's the point? Sometimes you lean in and you miss it. And other times you're like, dude, I just had pizza. But you hit it. Here's the thing. The more you live with God, the more you begin to feel Him. Let me say this. Feelings 
are only for the young relationships. Because feelings, the more mature your relationship with God gets, the less you need feelings. The feeling of love is only for new relationships. Watch this. Allie, why don't you come on up here? This is going to be fun. So, she's nervous. So, we've been married for 17 years. We dated for two years before that. So, that's 19 years. When we first started dating, I used to drive like this. We'd go to the movies, and I'm like this. we go to the food court at the mall because that's all we could afford. Now this is how I drive. Does that mean I don't love her? We've been together for 19 years. I don't need to be like... See, sometimes people think they fell out of love with their wife or their husband. I don't feel it anymore. Feelings only introduce you to love. Because feelings are closer to lust than they are to love. When you feel it, what are you thinking? I want to get me a piece of that. <laughs> theoretically. Theoretically. Theo- theoretically. <laughs> Five families in our church just decided they're leaving, right? <laughs> So, and then all of a sudden that goes away and you're like, I think we need to get a divorce. What? Because you don't feel, because you're not doing, okay, thank you. You can sit down. I love you. (laughs) Raise your hand if you've been married in this room for 50 years. 50. You've been married for 50 years. Raise your hand. Excellent. Go ahead. Stand up. Stand up. Uh, hold on, keep on standing. When you're not with each other, keep standing. When you're not with each other, do you like doodle each other's name on a napkin and like put little hearts around their name? Yeah, we're always. Sixty years in June. My goodness, and you can clearly see they they still love each other, but. Now, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think, keep on standing, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't think that she's getting out of bed and she's like, honey, I love you. No, I love you. No, I love you. No, 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 I love you. I love you. You're, okay, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have you ever seen a couple, and maybe you have been that couple where you're on the phone and you're like, no, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. I don't want to hang up. You hang up. Well, we've been talking for four hours, but I don't want to hang up. You hang up first. No, no, you hang up first. I don't see them having that problem at 61. They're like, bye. (laughs) What? (laughs) The feelings are just an introduction to love. That's all it is. Your relationship with God 
when you first start a relationship with him, oftentimes there's a lot of emotion. Because it's your whole, like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know this existed. But I got to tell you, I pray more now than I ever have in my life. I don't pray unless I can pray at least an hour. At least an hour. I don't ever feel anything. But at, I'll go two hours and just love being in His presence. But I'm not feeling it. I just know it's there. I just know it's there. Like, I've been with my wife 19 years. I don't think she's waking up going, oh my gosh, you're so hot. <laughs> I'd like to believe that, but I know it's not true. But I'm hoping that it's much deeper than that. See, the longer you walk with the Lord, the less you need feelings. He doesn't need to affirm it. You know it. Are you with me? Say yes. Last and final point. I need to make this one quicker. Anytime God wants your faith to grow, He'll stretch your faith. So, so one of the ways your faith grows is by stretching it. How does He stretch your faith? He puts you in situations that you've never seen Him in before. So if you have ever been healed physically healed, God touched you and healed you. Well, you don't need that much faith to think that he'll do it again because he's already done it before. But if your marriage has fallen apart and you've never seen him put a marriage back together again, now you're being stretched. See, when you get put in a situation that you've never been before and you've never seen God do it before, now you're being stretched. God puts us in situations to be stretched. Uh, last February, a year ago, uh, February 2018, I come across this guy by the name of Randy Clark. Not the Randy Clark that's been here. Uh, another Randy Clark. And I called up his ministry and I said, I want one hour of your time. You don't know me. I don't know you. I will fly anywhere in the country for one hour of your time. Because I watched his sermons online, I read his books, and I'm like, this guy, I think he knows something I don't know. So the secretary calls me back and says, okay, he'll give you one hour of his time. I meet with him, I turn on the recorder, I set my clock, I open up my, pay, my pad of paper, I said, question number one, is there a difference between being baptized in the Holy Spirit and an endowment of power? And he looks at me and he smiles. Let me just tell you, if somebody 67 years old smiles at you, they know something you don't know. And he smiles at me. And I knew I flew all the way here for a reason. See, I could feel my faith being stretched. And I had to go find somebody that I felt could answer that question. And I looked in my whole circle. I couldn't find anyone that could answer that question. And then he goes, you need to come with me to Brazil. I was like, I'll pass. Thank you. I went with him to Brazil. 
I'm easy. Um, it was in November. I went with him in November, just three months ago. I saw, I walked in and I saw him leading the service and I just saw a bunch of people getting very, very emotional. Very emotional. And I'm looking at people and I'm like, that is not God. That is 100% fake. Now that's probably real. Now that That's fake. Now that's pro- And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, do you want to be a judge or do you want to be a student? Because you can't be both. So I backed up and I said, God, I, I'm not. The, I don't know what's real, what's not real. It's it, if it's working for them, that's great. See, sometimes God has a relationship with one person that seems weird and crazy. It's not weird and crazy to them. It's just very different from the relationship that you have with God. I had a, a lady tell me, she goes, um, this was a few years ago. She said that the Holy Spirit fixed my hair for me today. Really? The Holy Spirit fixed your hair for you today. She was like, yeah. I was like, please tell. (laughs) She said, well, I looked in the mirror. I was getting ready to fix my hair, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, let me do your hair for you. I said, okay. And so she put her hair down like this, and she went like that, and then she put it on like this and she went up like this and stuck it in she goes and then I looked in the mirror and it never looked prettier than that I was like you're the weirdest person I've ever met (laughs) like you are a complete nut you expect me to believe that God did your hair today and so I'm standing there I'm like all right I'm gonna let you be in your little happy world you wacko so I went to go find my dad. I was like, Dad, get this. You see that woman over there? God did her hair today. And he was like, are you kidding me? I was like, no. And she is dead serious. I said, should I go tell her God didn't do her hair? Because that's like... He goes, is she sinning? I said, no. Is she sinning? No. Is her relationship with God working for her? Does she love him? Is it working for her? I said, yeah, it's, it's working for her. Because then mind your own business. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, it doesn't work for me because I can't, God can't fix my hair. <laughs> That's a completely different kind of relationship. Now, I don't, what am I telling you this for? I go to Brazil and I begin to see a level of emotion that I'm just like, I'm just kind of uncomfortable with it. Then I start seeing miracles happen in a way that I've never seen them happen before. And I could feel that God was stretching me, stretching me, stretching me. So he, Randy Clark says to me, he goes, I'd like to come to celebration. I was like, no, no. No, 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 no. He asked me again, I'd like to come to celebration. I said, I said it nicer than that, but I was like, well, we got some calendar conflicts, you know. (laughs) And the reason why I said no twice was because, like, I know you guys, right? You're just like I am. Otherwise, you would have picked a different church. 
like 10% of you guys are like, bring them in. Woohoo! Like, I got, I, there you are. You, 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 got, you got your own horn, you got flags, you got symbols. You're ready to go. The other 90% are like, now, what? And I'm a pastor for everyone. But then it all of a sudden it dawned on me. 10% are like, the other 90% are like, but 100% are hungry for more. Am I right or no? So after being with him in Brazil for a week, I realized this guy's the real deal. So I said, he asked me a third time, I'd like to come to celebration. I slept on it. I was like, okay, I got a plan. I want you to come. I want you to come on a Saturday night. That way, everybody that's willing to be stretched in that way, they can come. On Sunday morning, stay in the pocket. Like, just give a good word. Encourage them, let them go home. Sunday night, go back to doing whatever you want. So he's got the green light on Saturday night. Do whatever you want. Sunday night, do whatever you want. Sunday morning, people bring guests and visitors. We don't want to freak them out. Stay in the pocket. Right? He goes, let's do it. So, the last Saturday and Sunday of this month, Randy Clark with Global Awakening will be here. Now, while I was with him in Brazil, we were talking back and forth, and we were talking about different revivals, the Brown Brazil revival. Some of you guys don't know this stuff, and it's okay. Um, the Azusa Street revival. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the Toronto revival. For those of you that don't even know what a revival is, it's when God does something, and it's like a man can't do it. And like it's like... So we started talking about the Toronto Revival, and I was like, do you know about the Toronto Revival? He was like, I started the Toronto Revival. I was like, I was the preacher there. When the revival started happening, I was the preacher. I was like, oh, my bad. So, <laughs> so you do know about it. Um, and so this guy, he's just at a different level. And what I've learned is the years will teach what the days never will. And you can either learn it one or two ways. You can learn it through experience or you can learn it through impartation. And so this is a stretching moment. Some of you are being stretched right now because your finances are thin. Your marriage is being held together with duct tape and super glue. Your relationship with your kids is being held together by dental floss. And you need God to do something. So you're, you're hoping that God is going to do something. And that's how your faith is being stretched. Your faith cannot grow unless it gets stretched. So whatever you're going through right now, 
there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger reason. There's a bigger plan. What you're going through right now, you probably, now some, some of you will, but most of you won't. You won't even remember what you're going through right now, two years from now. But because you're going through what you're going through right now, two years from now, when you walk into that situation, you're the one that walks up to, to a young man and says, God is speaking to you. Keep on talking to him. You, look, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Impact comes with an invoice. See, there's a price that you have to pay if you want to have an impact. A lot of people want to have an impact here on earth with God, but they don't want to pay any prices. Impact always comes with an invoice. And right now, God's put many of you in a season of stretching, and you're going to realize that what you're believing for, He's going to come through. And now your faith is higher, and you just paid a price. And so now you're ready for a level of an impact. You're in the price-paying moment right now. But then you have the impact is right around the corner. I don't know who's paying a price right now. You're in the season where you're paying the price of, God, I need you. That's paying the price. And pretty soon someone's going to look at you and go, I want the same relationship you have. And you're going to look at them and go, you want what I have, but you don't want to pay what I paid. Some of you are paying for something right now. Just hang on. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Would you stand up and give the Lord a standing ovation? Come on, give it.